What is going on, everybody? This is Alejandro, JJ, here with you. I am doing podcast number two. Very excited to have all of you guys listening on the show. All 11 of you, apparently, last last podcast brought in a stunning 11 listeners. So I thank you guys for taking time to, to pay attention. So, hey, someday it'll be a little bit bigger. We got to start somewhere, right? Today, um, kind of want to go over uh, a few things. I want to talk about credit capacity and collateral, the three C's of of lending. I think it's a valuable lesson. It's valuable information for everyone to to listen in on. But before we get to all of that, I want to talk to you about a little bit that uh, that happened recently. So uh, I think I don't I don't even remember when it, how far ago it was. But anyway, my my mother just recently turned 70 years old and I just got back from Mexico. We went to visit my hometown of Matamoros and we took my mom down there to celebrate her 70th birthday. It was freaking amazing. It was amazing. I can't I cannot tell you the feeling I get every time I'm in Mexico. Uh it is just a freaking unbelievable experience so full of life and excitement I don't know there's just something in the air when you visit and I know all of you have probably this very warped view of what Mexico is because of what you hear in the news but I promise you there's there's a lot of beauty um, in Mexico that that you guys need to take time to to pay attention to we're actually going back in July so we're excited about doing that as well. But man, it was just good to see family. It was good to see my mother, um, you know, in her element and my cousins, my Tia Gloria. And it was amazing to take my, my wife, Angelina, uh, to see where I grew up and to get an idea of, of you know, what, what I'm about and a little bit about my background. It was it was just really amazing. So um, I hope you guys have been able to take time to spend time with your family love up on them. It gets hard. I'm sure if you're a realtor and you're listening to this, if you're a loan officer and you're listening to this, or if you're any person that runs their own business or is a commission employee, uh, you know that time is really difficult to come by. I mean, even if you're a salaried employee, I shouldn't make that uh, distinction. But if you're a hardworking person that loves their job and dedicates themselves 100%, you know that it's hard to come by time. But do the best that you can to make some. I'm probably the worst when it comes to that. Always have my laptop on me. I'm always working, whether I'm home or I'm in the office. Um, you know, take time to pull yourself away and just hang out. Just be with your family. It's difficult. Try to work it in. Um, I I've I really enjoyed that last week, and I hope you guys are are finding time to spend time with your with your folks, with your uh, with your kiddos, with your friends, etc. But anyway, um, I want to talk to you guys about three C's. So this is a presentation that I have um, with realtors. I talk to them about the three C's of lending, credit, capacity, and collateral. The reason I like to have this conversation is because I want everyone that is in the process of purchasing a home to have realistic expectations about what that process is about. I don't like that everyone sees commercials about buying a home and 
they assume that the process is exactly what they see online. Oh, you just push a button and get a house? It's that easy? No, it's not that easy. And there is software that helps make the process less cumbersome to to submit documents digitally, to send things via email, computer, whatever. Yes, there is a better way to do mortgage now. And most bona fide mortgage companies have those tools. What is most important to me is not how quickly you can download a document and whether or not you can push a button and get a mortgage. What's important to me is helping my clients set realistic expectations about what their mortgage is going to look like and giving them the knowledge to select the best possible option for them. Talking about credit capacity and collateral helps move that dialogue or that conversation closer because people start understanding how it is that a person gets qualified for a mortgage and they start realizing, okay, then if this is the case, if credit capacity and collateral are important, then I shouldn't be doing this or I should be doing that. It helps people establish uh, what is what is real and what they should be doing in preparation of purchasing a home. You know, as a, as a loan officer, my job is to educate my clients. It's not just to get them approved. It's not just to get them pre-approved and to have them run out there and go shopping. I want to give you guys the power to make the best possible decisions about your purchase. Um, so I hope this is something that you guys enjoy. I'll try to make it quick. I won't, uh, I won't spend too much time on this podcast, but... The first one we're going to start start with is uh, credit of the three C's. And I talked about credit before on the previous podcast, things that you should look out for, things that you should be doing. Remember, the, the main message of that podcast was just simply get on top of it, run your credit early. If you're going to buy a house, you're going to have to run your credit. Find out what your credit really is and stop listening to Credit Karma. Start Stop listening to any one of those credit reporting systems that you're using. They are great to prevent fraud. They are great to kind of give you a general idea of what your credit is doing. But they're not great tools when it comes to analyzing or um, estimating what your credit score is going to be uh, when you um, when you get a, a, a legitimate mortgage credit pull. So get your credit credit pulled early enough that you can uh, address any problems or issues that may arise. Right? When it comes to, to the three C's, credit refers to things like your credit score. What does that credit report show us? Have there been foreclosures? Have there been bankruptcies in the past? How long ago were those foreclosures and those bankruptcies and what type were they? Because that'll give us an idea of whether that person can purchase now or not. It'll also look up things like delinquencies. You know, how late have they been on their payments? Did they stop making payments for their car, for their credit cards? Are these payments 30-day lates? Are they 60-day lates or 90-day lates? And when was the last one that they got? You know, was it last month that they got their last um, 30-day late? Or was it six years ago? Those types of things start showing themselves really quickly when we pull a credit report and we start getting an idea of whether or not this person purchasing a home is realistic, right? Have they gotten things repossessed? Do they have collections? We talked about collections before. You know, if you have more than $2,000 worth of collections, we need to count those collections against you in your debt to income. So we want to make sure that we know that information, right? Do you have charge-offs? 
charge offs, meaning you had a collection and that company decided to charge it off, uh, write it off their taxes. Now you don't owe that, but that charge off is still on your credit report and still hurting your credit, right? The credit report or the borrower's credit history also gives us information about the types of accounts they have. How old are those accounts? Did they just get them six months ago or have they had them for five years? Because what we're trying to do through those credit accounts is show the likelihood of that person uh, to, to pay their, their debts. Uh, and if your credit history is too, um, too short, it might represent or might show that there's a risk there that the, that the mortgage company is not willing to take. Um, if you have too short of a credit history, it's going to be tough to get qualified for, for a mortgage, obviously. Um, other things are your limits. How, how much of a limit do you have on your credit account? If your limit is $5,000 and your current balance is $4,000, then you, your utilization is extremely high and your credit is typically going to suffer because of that. So it might be an easy fix where you have five credit cards and they're all at 90% utilization. And the solution is simply to say, hey, you know, your credit's a little bit low, but it looks like it's really just because all of your cards are pretty much maxed out. Maybe we should pay some of those down so that we can improve your credit score and put you into a better mortgage, right? A better interest rate, a better mortgage insurance uh, rate. Uh, all of All of what your credit report tells us is... What options, um, all right, let me rephrase that. What your credit report does is it gives us information that we can use to improve where you are. So a lot of people look at pulling their credit like uh, going to the doctor and finding out what their blood pressure is. Some of them don't want to know because they fear what it's going to be. But knowing what your blood pressure is helps you more quickly address the problem, right? Do I need to start eating differently? Do I need to be on medication, etc.? Same thing with your credit report. It gives us the information we need to address the problem and to put you on a plan to, um, to correct it. So you definitely want to, to get that process going so that we can find out what credit represents on your, um, as, as far as the three C's are concerned. And yet, when um, when it comes to capacity um, with the three C's, we start talking about something very different, right? So we've got one part of the equation, one third of the equation figured out. Credit. We know the person's credit. We know what we got to do. That's a third of it, right? That, that that's not going to determine whether we can pre-approve the person or whether they can purchase a house. That's only one piece. The next piece is capacity. Right? What capacity does that borrower or do you have to purchase a home? What does that refer to? The first thing and the most obvious thing is that person's income. What income does that person make and how do they make that income? Right? Does that person get paid as a salaried employee? Right? Because if they do, that's really easy. We take what their salary is, we figure out how much they get paid monthly, and that's their income, right? Boom, fantastic, extremely easy. Example number two is uh, whether they're a self-employed borrower, 
If you're a self-employed borrower, you're a Schedule C uh, tax return filer and, uh, you know, you have income uh, as a contracted worker, then we need to get your tax returns because your tax returns are going to tell us how much you made over the past couple of years and how much we can estimate you are going to make in uh, in terms of an average, right? We take the past two years, we figure out what your average income is monthly, and that's the income that we use to qualify you, right? The same goes for bonus and commission income. If you're a salaried employee, but you also get bonus and commission, we also need to figure out, well, what, what bonus and what commission have you made over the past couple of years, right? And what is the average bonus and commission income over that time? Right, so that we can figure out not only what your past has been, but what the likelihood of that, of that income is. Those things are important because it helps us figure out what your capacity is, right? what your capacity to buy is. The other part of that, of that equation when it comes to capacity is what are your debts? Right? Because you are already looking at how much you make, we have to compare it to how much you owe on a monthly basis as well. I always make examples of uh, the conservative teacher, right? So I used to work in education and I always tell people that, you know, that a person would assume that they can't afford a home. Oh, I make 40 grand, I make 50 grand, I make 60 grand, I can't afford a home. It depends. It depends on what your debts look like. I've had people that make $100,000 a year and they can't afford a home because what you see is that a lot of times when people have money, they also spend a lot of money. And you'll have a person that makes 100K and they have a really nice car, their credit cards are maxed out, and they just owe a ton of money. Can't qualify because their debt to income ratio is way too high. They make a lot of income, but they also have a lot of debt. So that ratio is skewed way too high a debt and now we can't qualify them. Well, you might have a person that makes 50K, 60K, they make a solid salary, and they have very, very low liabilities. They don't have a lot of debt, they don't have a lot of credit cards, etc. They live within their means, and they can easily qualify for a home that a person that makes three times their salary could not. So the debt that you carry, the monthly debts that you carry, are a big part of us figuring out your capacity. And when we talk about monthly debts, we're talking about everything that shows up in your credit, in your credit report. So you don't have to worry about things like um, your cable bill. You don't have to worry about things like what you pay to Austin Energy or whatever, you know, light company you use. We're talking about credit liabilities. So what credit cards do you have? What do you owe rooms to go? What loans do you have? Do you have student loans? Those types of monthly debts are what are going to be part of determining your capacity, right? What is on your credit report? Another part of capacity, aside from the income and the debt and what your qualifying ratio is gonna be, is going to be, do you have the cash to purchase this house? Because as far as it comes to money, there are two things you have to think about. One aspect is, do you have the income to, to support you paying this mortgage on a monthly basis? That will be your qualifying income and that'll be your debt ratio, right? That determines whether you can afford to pay this house on a monthly basis. The other aspect of this are your cash reserves. What are your assets? Do you have enough money to pay to purchase this house at closing? If you're going to buy a home 
and your cash to close is $14,000, do you actually have $14,000? Because you might have a person that is perfectly qualified to purchase a home. They have the income, they have low debts, they have the debt ratio, and on paper, they look like they can qualify to purchase a home. Fantastic. But then you go looking through their bank statements to find out how much money they save, have saved up and they have zero money saved up. That person does not have the capacity to purchase. They have qualifying the qualifying income and the debts needed to qualify for the mortgage, but they don't have the assets to purchase. So their capacity is affected by that, right? Those are things that I want you to think about when you're starting to look at yourself from this mindset, right? So what you should be doing right now is putting yourself in the place of a, a lender, right? And, and reflecting, looking back at yourself and saying, well, do I have the credit? Do I have the capacity? Are these things that Alejandro is talking about, are they, um, are they subjects or issues that I, be, I should be concerned with? And do I need to start addressing them? Um, I hope that you, I hope that you're addressing them. Uh, I hope that you are doing something about them. The last thing I want you to do is ignore the problem, do nothing, and then be in a situation where you're ready to buy, but haven't done your homework and haven't prepared yourself. So certainly do something about it. And the last part about this is collateral, right? Collateral is the last C. It is the third C and the three C's never fail, right? If any one of these things is off, then we don't have a deal. If your credit's not right, we don't have a deal. If your collateral's not right, we don't have a deal. If your capacity's not right, we don't have a deal. You can't be missing any one of these three things. All of them have to be in line. They all have to be in the right place in order for you to purchase a house. The final C is collateral. Collateral refers to the property that you're purchasing, right? That will come in the form of a few different things, right? What type of home are you buying? Is it a one unit home? Is it a two or three or four unit home, right? Is it a multifamily? Is it detached? Is it attached? Is it a condo? Is it a manufactured home? Are you buying this home as a primary residence or are you buying it as a second home? Is it an investment property? All of these things change whether the collateral um, can be approved, right? I'll give you an example. The greatest example are condos. So condos are funny because you're not just purchasing the property. You are essentially purchasing a piece of the community. You are buying into shared ownership of multiple units. So when you buy a condo, we have to certify that not only is the unit that you're purchasing in right in the good in good shape, but that the rest of the units and that the condo association, more importantly, is in the right shape. So we have to request a, con uh, a condo questionnaire that gives us information like the number of units that are in the condo, how many of them are investment properties, how much money in reserves the uh, condo association has. Um, if there are delinquent payments from the homeowners association, you know, if, if you've got way too many delinquents that delinquencies where not enough people are paying into the HOA, then that represents a problem, right? Because that that's showing that the HOA is not in a in not in a good place and could be potentially risky. 
So that is going to cause problems for your condo purchase, right? That is important. That's important information to know because you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're offering on a condo and not knowing that that is the case. There is an added amount of risk there. But as long as you're with someone that understands what needs to be done to purchase a condo, you're in perfectly good shape. We specialize in condos. There, I mean, look, every lender on the planet thinks they're the best lender on the planet. I know that for a fact. But there's one thing I sure as hell know when it comes to, to uh, condos. There is no better mortgage branch. There's no better lender than, than us. You know, we've got, um, in my opinion, the freaking condo queen, um, in um in the entire country and melanie taliaferro my mentor hello mel um if there's someone that that is ready to to answer any questions when it comes to condominiums it's mel and i've been really fortunate to learn underneath her about all of uh all of the uh how would i say it hmm issues that come up when uh when it comes to buying a condo so be careful with things like that because the type of property matters a lot, right? The, the other issue is what type of property it's going to be as far as the use of it, right? Is this going to be your primary residence? And the reason that that is important is because it changes the amount that you have to pay in order to purchase that, that property. So an example would be something that came up actually yesterday. I have a, a client that wants to have a house purchased, but wants someone else to do it for them. Uh, that person's not going to live in that house. They just, you know, they kind of want to have that person buy the house for them and then they'll, they'll move into the house. The problem with that is that that house is essentially an investment property. That collateral has to be bought as an investment property for that other person to move into it. And an investment property, you're looking at at least 15% to 25% as a down payment. Um, requirement. Whereas a primary residence, you could buy with a 3% down payment, right? So those are important things for you to know, because you need to know what type of uh, down payment you're going to be looking at, looking at based off of um, how you're planning to treat that, that particular property, right? Those things obviously are really, really important. Know what type of collateral you're going to be looking for. Attached properties are another example, you know, that kind of is similar to uh, the condo issue. But anytime you have attached properties, that, that changes things because now you, you're sharing walls. And what happens to the other attached unit is obviously affecting your unit. So it can make things very complicated. Always know, and what I try to tell all of my clients when they're, when they're out looking for a home, please, 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 before you put in an offer on a house, reach out to me send me the address. Let me look it up real quick. It'll take me two minutes so that I can quickly look at the property and make sure there's not going to be anything funky or weird about that purchase. It just makes things smoother for everyone and makes sure that we're all on the same page and that we know what we're getting into before we go under contract. Put your money at risk. Put your heart, <laughs> put your heart at risk as far as stress and, uh, and pain you know, down the road. It's just easier if we know the address of the property that you're about to put an offer in. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Talk to your lenders. Make sure that they know what you're, uh, you're getting into. I hope that helps, guys. 
three, three C's, credit capacity, collateral. Don't forget them. Why does it matter? Why do those things matter? Because we want to set good expectations, solid expectations, realistic expectations for, for your purchase. Man, stop listening to all the freaking crap that's out there right now. All the commercials that are telling you that they'll pay for your closing costs. They will not charge you this, not charge you that, etc., etc., etc. It's a bunch of BS because there's no such thing as free. There just isn't. Someone's paying for that somewhere, somehow. What you want to do is educate yourself on your options. Know what options you have. If you have a person that's working with you, that's putting together your mortgage, and they're giving you one option, and that is it, you should ask questions about why that is, right? Sometimes, sometimes, a client really does only have one option. And you don't want to be in that position, but that might be because you have bad credit, because... There's something, you know, there's something about your profile that, that puts us in a position where we don't have a lot of options for you. But generally speaking, there are at least three options for, for every client. And you want to know what those options are because you want to know how it affects your, your purchase. How does it affect your monthly payment? How does it affect your long-term investment? You should have options and that's what I want for you. I want you to know what questions to ask. So when it comes to credit capacity and collateral, at the very least, you have an understanding of what you need to start doing to put yourself in a position to purchase and to have as many options as possible. Because if you understand those three things, then you understand how to, how to fix yourself up, how to get yourself ready so that when the time comes and you're sitting in front of me and we're going over your options, you actually have a bunch of options. I just met with a couple of clients uh, about an hour ago, it's a Saturday, and they they look amazing. Great credit, great income, great assets. They have options. They have a bunch of options, and it's a great place to be when you're buying a house and you have the flexibility to do whatever you want, right? I hope this helps, guys. I hope it's not too boring. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Thank you guys for listening. I'm hoping to get my 12th listener uh, coming in this week on this one. Give me your feedback. Reach out. Send me a question. Uh, I love to hear from you guys. I got some feedback from the last one. Thank you so very, very much for taking time to send me messages. Uh, I love you guys. Stay uh, classy. And I hope that you guys come back for more. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.